American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is perfect purpose and welcome to American football in Finland. And joining me is Coach Q Floyd and Chris Green. What's up, fellas? What's going on, people? How's everyone doing? Good? This weekend, four teams will compete for a chance to play in the 42nd Vatramalia. The Quopio Steelers, Helsinki Roosters, Pornvu Butchers, and Senyo Crocodiles each have played well enough to make it to the postseason shenanigans. Uh, we haven't done a true podcast because of the scheduling contract conflicts we've had this year. So this might be a little bit of a long one for you guys. No further ado, let's get into it, fellas. First things first, top storylines of 2021. This season has been different than most, but there are a lot of storylines. So, uh, Chris, uh, let let you take your first shot at a storyline that's going on this year. Where are the damn receivers up? <laughs> Where are the damn receivers? So, we talk about some top receivers that we've had in the previous years, you know, names that come to mind are like Timmy Thomas, Nico Lester, Bernard Luster, Adam Connett, Kenny Linamar, Spencer Cutler, and RJ Long, just to name a few. I apologize if I've forgotten anyone, but, you know, where have those guys been this year? Who's replacing them? I know RJ had the, the, the injury early on, so he may have been that guy again, but it's been DBs that have been stepping up. So you've got the likes of, Tommy in in the Royals and and Curtis Slater when he was in the with the Wolverines, and if you look at the stats, I know Mickey Mickey was a receiver usually, but you know he was listed as a running back this year. You look at the top touchdown scores and receptions; two of them guys are running backs. Mm. And if you look at the receiving stats, you know the two guys that are playing were DBs playing receiver. They're up there, and they're there thereabouts. You know. We had a, a, a receiver in, in Vasa, uh, a German import, Hochschild. He's Who? been non <laughs> Exactly. That's what I mean. He's been non-existent. What? Yeah. What? So we had a German import receiver that we've not really talked about all season. And he's <laughs> he, all I can remember is a lot of drops. And it, it's a season of drops. You know, you look at the Crusaders. Even though Finn Kearns, he topped the receiving stats, it could have been way more. He had a lot of drops on the season. And and all the Finnish receivers at the Crusaders, it was only until uh, the Crusaders got uh, Cedric Johnson and that new receiver, uh, Corpering, I think his name is, they didn't really have much of a passing offense because the guys were just dropping easy balls. And, and the receiver play was just... It just lacked this year. Just really you gotta, lacked. you gotta. I'm gonna jump in there on you, Chris, a little bit, but you gotta think about it. The Crusaders, their quarterback Robert Johnson, uh, Rojo, as we all know him, he led the league in passing yardage, and they only won two games. That says a lot to opportunities. And when we're talking about touchdowns, you got a lot of guys who are dropping passes that probably could have changed a couple of games for that team going forward. They could have. With, with the way that they were throwing the ball and moving it around, they could have been a playoff team if they would have had receivers earlier in the season. Say if Cedric Johnson started with them. Yeah. 
I agree. I picked I picked the Crusaders twice to beat the Wolverines this season, and they let me down both times. <laughs> and it was down to basically receiver play and dropping the ball. But the fact that he's thrown over two thousand yards, even with those drops, just shows that there was massive potential there if they'd have had those guys at the start of the season. I I, just, I want to throw this back out there that I mean. I'm not trying to, you know, throw any shade to anybody, but the best receiver for the Wolverines was their starting quarterback. Just I'm putting it out there. Cedric yeah. was the best receiver for that team, and he wasn't playing receiver for them. And we we said that for the first couple of weeks of the season. If he could throw to himself, they would probably be a much better team. And just like you said, it's crazy how just there wasn't any great receiver play this year. No disrespect to the guys that did well. Uh, Rashad still did really well for the Roosters. His thing was more about, you know, opportunity. They spread the ball around a lot. But, I mean, outside of him, you're naming defensive backs, like you said, at the top. And then someone like Finn Kearns, who's a, a great number two or number three receiver, but leading the league. Yeah. That's pure. And I also think Finn opened up a lot more when they had Cedric and yeah. they had Corpering as well. It gave him more opportunities and gave him more open looks as well. Yeah. Q, what, what's one of the storylines you got for us, man? The San Diego Crocodiles quarterback woes. Oh, yeah. Oh, because, yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I I really don't know how good, how, 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 like, better they could play if they had a quarterback. But I will say this. There was a time in history – where they had a, a a certain quarterback named Spencer Cutler. Oh, yeah, Spencer. Oh, my goodness. Even if they had Spencer Cutler right now, I think they would be a way better team. Like, right mm-hmm. now, a way better team. You got, you know, in power we trust, he's back there doing exactly what we expected him to do last year. But if they just could have a consistent quarterback with the Crocs, like their best receiver is playing safety. In my that's opinion, yeah, that's Nate. Robotai, the yeah. best receiver yeah. is playing safety. Like, I mean, you go a whole season with not even really seeing him on offense, like at, at his normal position. And I just think like the Crocs just got they just get the shaft every time, man, because it's like the quarterback play is just killing them right now. Like, and and they made the playoffs. I yeah, mean, you that, gotta, that's what you, you want to do. That. Yeah, that's what you want to do. But the other three teams that are in the playoffs have true quarterbacks. Um, yeah. And that, that that's been playing all season. So I don't. Now you're there. You go. You got to go with Powell. I don't know if the quarterback is supposed to play in the playoff game or not. But I just feel bad for the Crocs because I think they could have probably been in a better position coming into the playoffs if they had a quarterback. Yeah, I think uh, just continuing talking about the Crocs quarterback situation. That's one of those things where you feel bad for this team because. I mean, after we saw last year, you're like, okay, if they get a quarterback, they'll be okay. And then they've had quarterbacks a couple games here, a couple games there, and you've seen, like, maybe. But game planning and consistency is something they haven't been able to do, and they still kind of limp into the playoffs. I mean, that great last game, obviously. But you look at this team, you're like, they're – they had a consistent quarterback. This is a team that you think is going to give somebody a run for their money. You know, they're going to play a better game against the Butchers the time that they played them in the season. They're going to be able to, you know, go against um, the Steelers and give them a real match. But without that quarterback, it's just like, oh, well, at least they made it, right? Four and four. At least they made it. That's where we're at. <laughs> Excuse my French. 
what the hell is going on in Vasa? Okay, let it's <laughs> elephant in the room. Okay, let's talk about it. Y'all know this is the AFF. We're gonna keep it 100 with you. Oh my gosh, this team just like imploded this season. We saw nothing. Um, they stole a win, which was crazy that they actually got a win this season, but it looked like the team just, I mean, I don't want to say that the team just didn't try. Obviously, they they were on the field and they gave it what they had, but I mean, it just don't look like this. This doesn't look like the Royals that we're used to seeing. Um, we say this every year when we're doing our predictions and talking before the season. You know, never count the Royals out. Even last year when they didn't make the playoffs, you still couldn't count them out. This year, you mark that W and keep moving. Just it's just sad to see, similar to the crocodile situations, but with with no upside. Where do they go from here? I don't see them being a better team next year. I don't see them retooling and coming back. I don't see players wanting to play there after seeing what they did this season. I don't see coaches wanting to coach there after seeing this season. Like there's a, a lot of things that are up in the air about this team. Are they even going to stay a team? I mean, the team we just saw this season is more remnant of, if anybody knows their history, the Vasa, what is it, the Vikings? Is that what this team was called? Oh, yeah. Vasa Vikings. <laughs> before they retooled in 2012 and came back with the Royals. Like, this wasn't a Royal team. This was reminiscent of those old teams that used to get shellacked up and down Finland. And I'm just, I'm, I'm disappointed because I always felt like, you know, this is that one team that even if they don't win, I always felt like they had a chance. And then this year, yeah. that I never felt like that. I never had that belief that they were going to overcome. So it was a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I've always heard like good things about how the organization is run, etc. etc. over there with, with, with Seppo and stuff. But you just it just so there was some kind of disconnect this year. Yeah, and I, I don't I can't really put my finger on it, like what it was. Maybe it was the Swedish the Sweden effect because didn't really have many Swedes this year, and they usually do. Mm-hmm. That that obviously doesn't help, but it, it's gonna be a multitude of things. I don't you can't really put your finger on one thing, I don't think it's yeah. It's almost as if they just their hearts weren't in it this year for some reason. I don't know why. Just a lot of different things. And nope, that's another thing. I feel like no one knows why. I don't know if it's a secret or if the people there aren't telling people, but a lot of people just don't know what happened. And it happened so quickly. Like the team they had last year and the organization, it's the one year season. That's a, a major 180 turnaround. Well, I've got uh, kicking extra point issues. So now, apart from uh, the best kicker in the league this year, Oyam Valle, I think I've said his name probably horribly wrong, who was 37 of 38 on extra points. Um, I think Niskanen, who, they, who the Roosters got kicking, was 32 of 35. But apart from those two guys, it's so inconsistent. The kicking game was just horrendous. And that goes down to the snaps, the holds, just some horrible kicks like horrible kicks kicks getting blocked blocking scheme not set up is it down to practice did they not practice it enough well okay if you don't practice it enough why are you going for ones why not go for two all the time if you go for two all the time you've only got to convert 50 percent. so if you weigh it up and you you don't have the time to practice just go for two i don't understand this oh we're just going to keep trying to go for one if the margins aren't there and the percentages aren't there you know, so apart from the, the Steelers kicker and the, the Roosters kicker, all the others were just terrible. 
terrible. Yeah, yeah. you you know, the, to piggyback on that, man, y'all, I think everybody in this chat knows <laughs> how we feel about these extra points and these field goals. Um, it's, it's almost laughable watching some of these field goals tries. It's like, I know it didn't look good in practice. It's no way it could look good in practice live. Yeah. And, and you go out and actually try multiple extra points. Like you said, if you, you, you gotta be real with yourself as a coach, like, all right, we've been practicing this really realistically. You're only probably getting 10 minutes of, of special teams time in practice. I mean, honest, like you really only getting 10 minutes and 10 of those minutes, probably going to kickoff, kickoff return. So you might get a few extra points. You get to try two or three at the end of practice or something when you're doing a two minute drill, but it's just ridiculous. Like watching, if I was, if, if I was a, like watching from another country, that like say I watch GFL or any other league, I would be like, oh my gosh, like this looks horrible. And it does. And it's something that, like you say, I don't know they need to practice in the offseason or just pay attention to because the points are important. You know what I mean? Like they really are important. And I think some of these teams just don't take it serious. It's just like, oh, we got to kick extra points. So let's, you know, send some people out there and let the linebacker kick the field goal. Like, <laughs> so <laughs> like, you know, it's possible, bro, but it just don't look good. Like, uh, you know, I, 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 I definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. And I just wanted to say this is, I mean, <laughs> I feel like we might have an underlining theme here. Just, I guess, it's on my mind. But this is another uh, position that, you know, someone like Spencer Cutlin has missed. <laughs> yeah. Like someone who can do more than just play one position and he can consistently give you a kicking game that you wish you had. Um, you see, like, the, the punting isn't bad. All the teams have decent punters and can get punts off. But you don't like when the field goes, the extra points, it's just it's an atrocity. And for me, you know, you you guys, if you follow us on Instagram, we keep up with the scores. And for me, it's a damn shame when someone scores a touchdown and I can't update the score because I'm not sure they're going to make the extra point because you never know in this league who's going to make these extra points. Um, At least the Steelers have been very consistent. and That's helpful. But outside of them and i'm not even gonna try to say number 32's name but uh i'm calling marcus i know his first name marcus um <laughs> i tried guess... to pronounce it i tried to pronounce it earlier Oyan yeah. Valley. Oyan Valley. <laughs> shout out to marcus as i'm gonna call him too because i've been watching him for the last five years and he's also become a very good defensive back but he's definitely been holding down the kick game for the Steelers. But it's just a shame that we don't get to see people consistently make these extra points. And back to what you guys said earlier, if, you, if you're not going to make it, just go for two. There, there's really no shame. It's 2021, guys. Like, people go for two all the time. It's not a big deal. But when you're going out there and you can't make a chip shot, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, seeing it go from uh, what he was going through um, trying to be the quarterback for the Wolverines um, and good, then going to a team that immediately had an effect by him being on the field at receiver, um, which is kind of, it's still bog, bog, like, like bothering me on why the Wolverines chose to start the season off with said that receiver. I feel like he got put in a Willie Beeman situation. Like, just basically out there, just like running. Hey, we just want you to go out there, run around, and try to make something happen. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like they they went out and got a big tight end, 
Uh, we don't For even no know where reason. he is now. Why? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, why? <laughs> yeah, we 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 haven't seen him. I don't know in how long. Um, and then, uh, you know, it just it was some things where I was just like, oh my goodness. But getting back to said, um, I, I I love Sid's heart as far as being a vet and still going out there and still tries to compete and not only compete. I mean, he'll he'll make you look bad too. Still to this point. You know, but just the effect that he had on the Crusaders, like if they would have had that team, like we said before, if they would have had the guys they got now, yeah, at the beginning of the season, like I don't really, you know, like it, it, those that that one, two, three could have probably went any kind of way. I'm just gonna be yeah, honest. They're probably it. one of the best two win teams I've ever seen. Yeah, know? yeah. Like right now, like it's like whoa. Like if said plays two more games, he's probably the leading receiver in the league. Yeah. After being that few games, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like his transition to, to to UNC just was cool to watch, man, even though it was like the short-lived time. Um, but I think that was just something to check out, like frustrating beginning of the season and then going to a, a, a team where you can, like, not only play with your brother, but, like, have success doing it. And, you know what I mean? I, and I just think that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love that. I like to, you know – add to that you know watching said i mean let's let's call it what it was when he was with Wolverines playing quarterback he didn't look good they didn't look good it just looked like a bad situation and then seeing him go to another team and immediately make that hey i'm still cedric johnson like that everybody don't get that shot we've seen players get put in bad positions and then you know you never hear from him again because they played one season out of position and they didn't get another chance. He had a chance to redeem himself immediately. And he took that chance. There's other guys who might get second chances and don't, you know, redeem themselves, but that just shows what kind of, what caliber player Cedric Johnson is big ups to him. I mean, like you said, he would have been the best. He would have been top receiver if he played the full season with that squad. Yeah. yeah I think, in in his one of his post game interviews that he did after playing with the Crusaders, you could just tell like his passion was back. It was almost like at the Wolverines, he wasn't really enjoying his football or enjoying himself. And I mean, no one likes taking an L, but he, they didn't surround it. Okay, so he has played QB and he has he has experience playing quarterback in the Maple League, but he had no weapons. Like, he yeah. had no one to throw to. So you you can't expect a, a part time quarterback. To, to go out there and do an amazing job if you don't give him the weapons and the tools to, 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 they set him up to fail, really. Like they set him up to fail. And you could just see the passion and just the love of the game. And he just had a bit of a spring in his step, I think, during that post game interview. And it was good to see, you know, because Seth's a good friend of mine as well. And it was, it was nice to see him back balling, back where he belongs at the receiver position. A storyline that I've seen this year the level of import play. Okay, now look, guys, look, look. Well, I don't care who you are. I don't care how great you think you are. Let's just keep it 100 at the top. This crop of imports is not what we usually expect in the Maple League. It is what it is. Um, we've talked about how these stat numbers, the people that are leading the stats, are not who we're expecting. And even the eye test, a lot of these players that have come over. Um, we talked, what did we say earlier, Chris? What's the dude's name that's in Vasa? Like, that we didn't know that he was an import. Poxchild, Poxchild. Have no idea. Does he have any stats? I don't know. Um, I don't, <laughs> I'm trying not to be petty and call out <laughs> names, but 
Um, some of these linebackers that that are imports not making a difference. Um, Q has said this time and time again, and I 100% co-sign with him. If you're an import, you're supposed to make a difference. If you're an import, we should know that you're an import. There, there should be – I shouldn't have to say who is the imports on this team. I should be able to look at you and you should stand out. That's not the case with a lot of these guys. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I mean, it's mad the spectrum that we've had because we've had some really, really good ones, but we've had some really, really bad ones. <laughs> I mean, I, if, I, if I want to be honest, you got you to gotta look at somebody like Christian Powell. Look at somebody like Christian Powell. There is no doubt in my mind that, you know, he's an import, he's the best player on that team. But then you look at everyone else in the league and you're like, okay, maybe this running back is an import. Maybe this running back is an import. Take away your running yeah. backs and your quarterbacks. I got to figure it out. Maurice Wright looks like a, a import over there in the Steelers. I'm not going to say everybody else on defense looked like imports throughout the season because yeah. you did, you weren't making those crazy impacts in the game. And that's just – that's not what we're used to here in the Maple League. We've been, we've been watching Finnish football for a long time, and this year I just feel like the level of import play was down. And I don't know why. I'm not trying to blame anybody. I'm also not trying to come down on the imports that are here. Obviously, you're doing what you can. But I do believe that the, the caliber was down a bit this year, and it showed in the games that were played, the difference in scores, how close some of the games were without there being that, you know, somebody taking over effect. We had a lot of close games where I was like, it shouldn't have been close if you had a, a star player that can make that difference. Mm-hmm. But we didn't we didn't have that in those close games. A lot of the blowout games, you mostly had a team that was just better, a lot more better players, but not necessarily somebody that was so good that they could take over a game, except for, you know, reason over Powell, maybe Jabari a couple times this year. But take away those ask guys. You this, do you think it's because the Finnish guys are closing the gap that we can't notice these these imports? Or do you really think that they just haven't been that good on par this year? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take the bait. I'll take the bait. I'll, um, I'll say these guys just aren't on par. Um, I'll If you want me to be real honest about it, even the Finnish players this season aren't as good as the Finnish players we've seen before. I'll, I'll call it out like that. Um, some of these Finnish players that we've seen develop are now getting a little bit towards over the hill. Um, and to be more upfront, there's a lot, a lot more younger Finnish players playing in this league this year. Yep. There's a younger crop. So obviously they don't have that same football savvy that we're accustomed to seeing. And that may be the reason, but that's the reason why the import play should look, should be better. If I have a lot of young kids playing on my team, my imports need to shine and show them the way. And that's not what we had. We had imports that came in, played good, okay. No, no, no one that stood out and, you know, changed my mind. I mean, we, there were, you know, occasions where someone had, like, a good game. But you, you don't see that, okay, every week this guy is doing something that's like, okay, they got to know, you know. I don't want to say it too much, but, you know, there's no Alpha Jallo this year. There's not. It's just that it is what it is. There's nobody coming out and doing that. There's no um, 
RJ Long, you know, MVP RJ Long, um, Justin Sotterlair type where he can just throw it forever. Rojo threw a lot of yards, but we we see how that went with no receivers. And that's the thing is if he had if he had decent receivers earlier in the season, somebody would have stood out <laughs> for the Crusaders. He might have even gone for 3,000 passing yards if he had those guys at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's just the thing. Like, you didn't have anybody that, like, stood out. I mean, Cedric probably would have stood out if he would have been a receiver the whole year. But even then, the imports are as well. And then even then, look at the imports I'm naming that have stood out. I'm saying, you know, Cedric Johnson, who's been here, Jabari Harris, who's been here, Christian Powell, who's been here. Now, Lee Anthony Reason over, he stood out. That guy stood out and did some crazy things. Even Lorenzo uh, Melchiori, he stood out and did some crazy things. But I'm talking five guys now, right? <laughs> talking five guys. I should be talking closer to 10 to 12 if the league has great imports, but I'm not. And that I'm I'm not saying I'm sorry for it. I'm just telling you how what I saw and how I feel about it. And that's the storyline that we've had all year is that, you know, these games, we haven't had that wow factor. And this is a dying sport out here. I, well, I don't know why I said dying, but it's a sport that's not very attractive or popular in the country. So how do you get no ice hockey? Let's say that. Yeah, it's no ice hockey. You got to get people excited. Shoot, picking the top five plays every week is tough. We we digging in the archives, trying to get the top five plays. Yeah. Hey, I was just about to say that. I was just about to say the the top. Like when you look at the top plays, you kind of like some weeks it's like, all right, that's the top play. And then the other one is just like, dang, that was it. That's all we had to choose from. You know, it's it's and I in the import play, I I I lean on import strong because yeah. I feel like you know they don't have anything else to do. Um during the day, I feel like you have to have the most impact. You know what I mean? Like these guys are, are depending on you to not only make plays, but to give the other guys confidence that they can make plays. You know what I mean? Like it's just I think this year a lot of uh stuff happened as far as like even the Roosters signing three running backs. I mean, not signing three running backs, but having two running backs. Well, three, really, you count Mickey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, stuff that they wouldn't normally do. Um, but just seeing, like, Vasa, just like we seen Vasa 2017, Vasa was like, we thought Vasa was about to be a powerhouse for, like, years. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, um, Porvo, I don't think Porvo has changed much in the last few years as far as import play. Um, I think they they've always been more local finish, yeah, and less import. You know what I mean, which is is good too. Um, but a lot of the imports that played this year either got overused, you know, defense, offense, and they just couldn't put out that much. Of, uh, some of them just not that good. You know what I mean? They just got a free ride, a free season this year, and and. I think, like I said the other day to you guys, man, I'm seeing a lot of pictures on Instagram getting posted, <laughs> but I'm not seeing a lot of highlights getting posted. Yeah, just photos, just photos. You know still I mean? photos. Everybody posting photos. Like if we, if I get like before, you could call me old or whatever, but like if if we lost 45 to zero, like you're not gonna see a picture of me for a few days, even mm-hmm. if it was like a real good picture. You're probably not going to see it for a few days because I'm just so mad and pissed off that we yeah. lost that bad. 
You know what I mean? Now it's like, oh yeah, I'm just you know taking some nice pictures. Rare, rare athletics got me clean. They got the visor. <laughs> Shout out you know to the sponsors. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, but what about what about actually playing football? Like you look like a football player, but what about making plays sometimes? Like, and I just feel like we didn't get that from the imports group this year. Some guys did. They showed up and and and, and they did their thing, but some of them I think just like didn't didn't show up. I, I know the, the lined up purpose always used to say, show me the proof. Show Where me is the, that proof? Uh, like you said, a yeah. lot of photos out here this year. Lots of photos. Yeah. Photos can be mis- misleading. A photo taken at the <laughs> right time and the right angle can look like something. I've seen a lot of photos yeah. of someone jumping in the air. You watch the video, they drop that pass. Or they drop that interception. <laughs> but the photo, they look like they're about to catch it. <laughs> So you got to hit me with the video. I got to see the whole tape. I want to see what happened, you know? (laughs) But yeah, that's the storyline from 2021. I mean, we went over for a while, guys. I think that we we covered everything. If you listen to these storylines, this is what we saw. This is how it happened in 2021. But now we're going to get into this playoff stuff. First game we're going to talk about is the number one seed, Quopio Steelers versus number four seed, City Yogi Crocodiles. The Steelers are going to host the Crocodiles in this playoff matchup. Last time they played, actually the last two times they played, Quopio won both games, 38 to 24 and 31 to 13. It pretty much was a one-sided affair both times. So let's look at the, the teams in this game and see how they're going to match up. Um, I'll start it with the Steelers. Just who to watch in this game. One guy you have to watch is Lee Anthony Reason over the running back. He led the league in scoring. He's obviously the most dynamic weapon on the Steelers offense. And in my personal opinion, he's a human highlight reel. Like this dude will make anything a touchdown. And that's what I like about it. I'm not talking about get long yards and big plays. This dude loves the end zone. So you definitely got to look out for him on the field in this game. On the defensive side, you're going to look for uh, Maurice Wright, the linebacker. Uh, not a, a heavy stat guy. Um, if you look at all the stat leaders, he's up there, but maybe not the top at anything. And that's because this guy's the glue for the defense. He's active. He's, he's around the ball. He forces fumbles. He gets interceptions. He takes our blocks. He makes the offense, you know, playing against him. And he puts them into bad situations. He's that guy um, we actually saw in the game that they – that they got upset in when he wasn't in and doing things that he normally does, they looked vulnerable. But then you see when he does make plays, it changes the whole look of that, that defense. So him having a good game is something that you're going to watch for in this matchup. And then the other two guys I got, uh, it's always tough saying these names. I can't pronounce um, Adele Baffdale and Ido Vaya, the defensive backs, uh, number one and number what's the other one's number? Crap, I can't remember. Number two. Number, number two, number two, number two. Okay, <laughs> number one and number two. I remember Adele's number is number one. I always see Ero's like face, but both of these defensive backs, what makes them special and why you want to watch them is. These are ball hawks. These are like playmakers. They're opportunistic defensive backs. They get tried. They're not the tallest of guys or the biggest of guys. So teams try to throw at them. And what happens is they make plays on the ball. And that's what sets them apart from a lot of their defensive backs in this league is that you can try them, but you, you're taking a chance with your life when you try them. So 
that's why they make big plays is because they get tried and they always come up big. And that's what makes them really good on the back end for the Steelers in the secondary. Um, keys to, to win for the Steelers for me is you got to feed reason over the ball in as many ways as possible. Um, run game, pass game, return game, screens, whatever you can, get him the ball and you're going to be okay. Make make big plays on offense and put pressure on the Crocs to respond. If the Steelers start scoring, the, the Crocs can't just, you know, get the ball a pile and grind it out. So if they score and make big plays on offense quickly, they get a game that they know what's going to happen. Another key to winning is actually stopping Powell. If you stop the Crocs from being able to get him the ball, this is one thing that people might get a little bit confused with is the Crocodiles can get Powell the ball in many ways. So you have to stop him, not just the run game. And then the forced turnovers on defense is definitely a way that they can win this game because they'll always be up if they're forcing the other team to give them the ball back. How the Steelers can lose. This was hard. Uh, trying to come up with ways that they could lose this game. <laughs> but I think <laughs> it's just it's, it's difficult. But if they start slow on offense and keep it close, that's where they would give opportunity to the Crocs to make a big play and upset them. And basically, if they don't stop the Crocs from running the ball. Um, as I, I just said before, you got to stop Paul, but you do also have to stop the run game. You have to make them try to get him the ball in other ways. If they can just hand him the ball, then it's going to be a long day because they're going to be able to grind out the clock and force you to score quickly to keep the score up. And uh, the number one way they can lose games is underestimating their opponent. Um, they're obviously the better team, but if they don't take these guys seriously, then they could lose this game. I think the next thing on here is X factor. For the Steelers, it's confidence. They know they're the better team. And their opponents know that they're the better team. Here in Finland, if you've ever seen football in Finland, that means you have a huge mental edge. As soon as the Steelers start to have success, it will snowball, become like an avalanche, and you'll see that the other team will start to hang their heads. It's just something that happens in the culture here. If you start winning, everybody gets happy, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other team, all of a sudden, they just don't have it anymore. That's why so many scores are so lopsided out here. You'll see that confidence and mental aptitude play play a huge part. So for the Steelers, they have that confidence. They have that mental edge. So that's something that they can use in this game to be that X factor. And the last thing I had on here was weakest link. They don't have a weakest link, okay? (laughs) I'm not going to sit here and say (laughs) that there's a chink in their armor. There really isn't. For, the, for them to lose, there has to be a lot of things go against them. They, they have to be in a bad mindset. They have to not play up to their standards. And I just – there's not a lot that you can look at them and be like, okay, this is where we can focus on to get a win. So, for weakest link, I didn't give them anything. So, um, next, uh, Coach Levi Sturgis is going to talk about the Crocodiles. How you doing, guys? Coach Levi here, here to talk about the Crocs and their upcoming game against the Steelers. Um, It's going to be an interesting game. Um, Four playing one. I know that it's going to be a tough game for the Crocs. Um, Some of the guys to watch out for, though, is definitely going to have to be Powell, okay? I've been saying it all year long, and Powell we trust. That dude is by far probably my favorite player in Maple League. Um, I love his running style. 
Um, I love how he can just take over a game at the running back position. Um, and somebody else that you kind of need to look out for is going to be number 34 on their defense. So he's totaled up right now 59 and a half tackles. All right, he's got nine TFLs, and he's going to have to really step up against that Steelers rushing attack. I know that Powell and the Steelers running back have been going neck and neck all season to see who's going to get the rushing title. So I definitely believe that the front seven of the Crocodiles defense is really going to have to step up in this game. So that's kind of my two guys really to look out for. Now, in order for them to win the game, I believe that you know they're going to have to stay true to who they are. All right, keep running that ball, use play action on top of that to really keep the defense off balance. And um, if they do that and Powell does what I know, what we all know he's capable of, you know, it should be able to be a really good game for the Crocs. Now, on the other end, on the defensive end, you got to be able to stop their running back as well. So that rush defense really has to step up. You know, if we can be able to, if the Crocs can be able to go out there and make it into a passing attack. You know, even though with all those weapons in the passing game that the Steelers do have, I believe they have a better shot, but if they can't stop the run in the very beginning, you know, that's going to be really tough for them. Now, moving on to the next segment, you know, in a way is that, you know, how they can lose the game is they can lose the game basically out of the quarterback position, okay? In this season, we have seen, I believe, four different quarterbacks for the Crocs and you know it's, it's been something that's kind of been happening for a couple years now but other than those four quarterbacks we have Powell who's also attempted eight attempts and he's got two touchdowns and one interception on the season so I understand Powell's your key player and everything like that but the quarterback position has to step up if we can't get a solid passing game with Powell running the hell out of the ball you know it's going to be a really long game for them because can't keep giving the ball to Powell the whole entire time if you guys are down by 14 in the fourth quarter. You're going to have to have some kind of air attack. And I believe that Plue might be able to be that guy who can be the X factor. He's really going to have to start taking over in the receiving game. On defense, though, keys for them to lose, like I said, is not being able to stop that run game. Okay, and it's not just about the run game. It's about the screen game as well. You have to stop their running back. The only way that you have a chance to win is if you dominate on one side or uh, one side of the ball, really. I mean... And what I mean by one side is I mean either the passing or the rushing attack. So you got to stop one of those and make them one-dimensional in order to have a chance to win this game, which I believe that the coach is really going to come in there with a solid game plan. And I believe that, you know, Powell's going to do his thing on offense. So it really just comes down to 34 and how he can lead that defense into taking a win against the Steelers. So a couple of the... Couple of the X factors, like I said, the X factors. I've already mentioned them a little bit. Powell is definitely an X factor. All right, if that guy rushes for over 200 yards a game, he's going to be a problem, a huge problem. And I believe that if you just keep feeding him, you have to be able to reward him in the play action and be able to complete some of those passes in the play action if everybody's keying on Powell, because you know he is somebody who can take over a game, but. He's got to have some help, all right? And that comes down to what I mentioned earlier with the quarterback play. Depends on who's going to come out there and be able to make a big-time play and a big-time throw and a big-time catch to be able to bring them up in this game. So with that being said, you know, the weakest link about this team is going to, have, is going to be the quarterback play. We don't really know what this team is capable of with a solid quarterback. I know that they also had a very good quarterback in the beginning of the season, Whitehead, who went down with an injury, and that's terrible because, you know, he was really showing some promise and really showing some a little more versatility with that offense. So it comes down to the quarterback play. 
I mean, how is he going to be able to step up if the team comes down? How are you going to be able to get out of third and long situations? Um, how are you going to be able not just to get, you know, your guys in the game running the ball, but be able to get Powell out of the backfield and be able to catch some b- balls that way? Now, the defensive side of the ball, I think the weakest link's got to be that secondary. I mean, I know that you probably – I think they have a quarterback who's also playing DB for them. You know, he's going to be exhausted and stuff, but they're going to have to step it up because if you do stop the running game – with that Steelers running back, it comes down to the DBs at the second or the third level, and they're going to have to be able to make their plays and do their due diligence to be able to come out with a W in this game. The Roosters will host the Butchers for their playoff matchup. The Roosters won both regular season matchups, but the last game was a very close 39-35 victory that the Butchers actually held the lead for most of the game. So let's look at both of them, starting with the Roosters. Q, tell us about the Roosters. Um, I think first off, uh, the Roosters, are they played a lot of players this year. Um, a lot of the young guys got a lot of spin. Um, I think that was strategically uh I think that happened for just from them having a lot of coaches and saying, hey, we need to get these guys in here to get some reps uh, and still still count on and bank on that their veterans will make the plays they need to make to win the game. Um, that's exactly what they need to do uh, as far as keys to to win this, this next game against the Butchers. Um, I think they have to – I think the Roosters have to have long drives in order to uh, secure this win um, because, because – of the team that the Butchers are, I think Jabari is a real quick hit type type player, and if they do that, uh, um, they'll always be in the game. You know what I mean? Like, is it, it, because if if the Roosters don't let Jabari have the ball and run around with it, and McAllen, you know, running the clock, um, if they don't allow that, then they give themselves a better chance to to control that game. They don't even have to score fifty points again against them. You know what I mean? It's just a matter of just managing the clock. Um, spread the ball around. I think the Roosters have to spread the ball around um, to all of those players that they have, um, from the finished receivers um, to the import. Uh, get Steele going early. You know, try to get him some catches early um, to make some of those DBs back off because, obviously, he's going against um, – and it's no shade, but he's about to go against some corners that, you know, I don't really think can match up to him one-on-one. Um, so they're gonna have to they're gonna have to try to scheme some kind of way to to make sure he's double covered, uh, which is gonna open up for the other slot receivers. Mickey out of the backfield, um, he's gonna be a problem uh, um, covering out of the backfield. So I think the Roosters have to just spread the ball around um, to secure the win. Uh, defensively, I think they need to stop the run. I think that it's big, big. They need to stop the run because they haven't tackled good this season. Um, if you watch some of the games, like they, I've just seen the Roosters tackle a lot better. And I don't know if it's, you know, like I said, some of the inexperienced guys on there, or it's just some of these guys are just hard to tackle. Um, but I think they do have to tackle good in this game um, to have a chance because you know they're going to run the ball. The Butchers are going to run the ball. This is going to be zone read, you know what I mean? RPO, it's going to be that type of stuff going on. So um, I think they definitely have to um, – stop the run on um, it the next i would say how, how do they lose um just their defense giving up big plays you can't do that you can't do it because it gives another team momentum and that's the last and momentum sometimes is is more valuable than talent um for some teams 
Because if the right team gets some momentum, it doesn't matter what you do on the other side of the ball. These guys are going to just make plays out of nowhere. And you just like, you start looking at yourself like, how did this happen? <laughs> how, is this guy, how are these guys doing this? And it's because they feel like they believe they can. So um, I think the Roosters defense definitely has to come out and dominate those first series um, of the game in order to show like, hey, Porvo, it's, it's going to be a hard one right here. You know what I mean? Um, they've had some injuries on the defensive line this season. So it, I don't know who's going to show up as far as on the roster. Um, I, I do believe I think Oko will be there. Um, so he's going to be a problem. You know what I mean? So I think he goes out and does what he does, then they got a good chance. Um, next up, the X Factor. The and don't, I hope nobody takes this wrong. The Gypsy Wolf is what he, he labels himself on Instagram. The, the Gypsy Wolf? <laughs> the Gypsy Wolf is what it says. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, somebody's trying to call me, my bad. Um, the Gypsy Wolf, number two for the Roosters. Um, guy's dynamic. Super dynamic. Um, I think he needs to touch the ball uh, more than just on special teams. I, I think it's playoff time now. I think you figure out a way to get him in on offense, um, to get him on some reverses, maybe. Um, yeah, I think it's time. I, I think I'm sorry. I'm, I just had to say it. Why doesn't he get the ball more mm -hmm. on you know jet sweep reverse type play? Like it fits him so well, and he's a playmaker. Sorry, go ahead, keep going. Sorry. I yeah, no, no, but, you're, <laughs> but 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 you're right. He is. He, he's he's one of those guys that like if he if he touches the ball enough, he's gonna do something dynamic. I mean, we watched it. Yeah. But when you don't give him the ball, it's kind of like, you know, like, all right, well, we don't, we don't really need him because we're winning games. But, yeah, you can, the games can be so much easier if you touch the ball. So I think he's an X factor um, for that team. And I, and I think the weakest link for the Roosters right now is just being – just not giving up uh, big plays, inconsistent play on defense. Um, they have to be a stout defense in order to win this game. I, I, I don't, they don't know what they're going to get. I mean, they know Barry is going to be Barry, but um, if they let him get outside the tackles, he starts running, you know, he breaks off a big runner here and there. It's going to be a long day because he's going to, you know, one person who's going to get a all this whole game and that's him. So um, I think he got a lot to prove. And I, I think, you know, when, when you have to do that, that's kind of like, this comparison of, you know, Vince Young playing against the greatest USC team probably that we ever seen. It's like Vince Young came in and, and beat Reggie Bush and beat Matt Liner. Like, it's like one of those, like, type of setups right now. So, um, I think the Roosters just have to have to, to have to stop Barry in order to, to have this game. So, weakest link is definitely, you know, just tackling. Yeah, those, those are good points. Uh, I just I just want to throw this out there because we're talking about the Roosters and Butchers. You know, these are the two most successful teams in Finland. Uh, two of the oldest teams, two of the most successful teams. There's a lot of, you know, history going on in this game. And like what you said, it's one of those situations where an upset is definitely possible. All right, so uh, Chris, you got the Butchers. Tell us about the Butchers going into this matchup. Okay, so I'm going to start with players to watch. Unfortunately, uh, McCallum was one of my players to watch, but we've been told that he's probably not going to be playing in the next game, which is I think it's going to hurt them. But my players to watch will be uh, Jabari Harris, of course, dynamic MVP candidate. He's got a strong arm, ridiculous escapability. I think that 
his read option stuff and his RPOs are going to be real, real key in this. And that's something to watch there. And then others on offense, we've got Miko Seppanen, one of the top local talents in Finland, runs good routes, got good hands, along with his partnership with uh, Marcus Siskinen as well. Um, those two guys need to um, work well in the in the pass game. And then on defense, you've got uh, Nico Royko. You know, he's known for his big hits, very experienced player. So he commands that secondary and he definitely leads from the front back there. Uh, and then you've got uh, Nuka, I think his name is, the linebacker. Bit of a ball hawk, always around the ball, also got good hands. Um, he's got a defensive touchdown, a couple of defensive touchdowns this year. Um, so he's definitely one to watch on the defensive side of the ball. And then I'm not going to be able to pronounce this guy's name, but Vuk Centuria, uh, the defensive lineman. <laughs> I think where's number 55? Uh, he gets to the QB, uh, big presence on that defensive line. And and uh, he's definitely going to be one to watch. So the keys to win for the Butchers, defensively, get pressure on Miro. He throws bad balls under pressure. We've talked about it before previously. The way to beat Miro is to not let him get the ball out of his hands quick. He wants to get that ball out of his hands quick. He wants to hit his first or second read. You know, if he holds on to the ball for too long and he's under pressure, that's where he makes bad throws and mistakes. The Butchers need to establish the run game. Don't go away from it. Don't be scared to be running it. You have to keep the ball out of the Roosters' offense hands. You have to keep the ball away from them. You know, you need... You need to just be able to run the ball, whether that's through read option with Jabari. He needs to he needs to do a load of read option. And they need to find another running back from somewhere, whether that be jet sweeps with Seppanen as well, you know, a bit of mix and that stuff going on. But they have to run the ball and try and control some of that clock. Um, QB play. Jabari needs to run and pass. Like, it's the business end of the season now. He's got to put it all on the line, like... He needs to be able to make good reads. He needs to be able to make good reads in the run game when he's reading the defensive end or the outside linebacker. And he needs to be able to make good reads in the pass game. Take what they're giving you. Don't force loads of deep balls. Don't get into the habit of trying to heed that ball downfield. You know, if they're, if they're giving you a five, six yard hitch, just take it. Take it. Make them change. And then you can go deep. I think the biggest key, though, for me, is the offensive line of the Butchers versus the defensive line of the Roosters. They need to win at the line of scrimmage. That Butchers offensive line has been pretty average all year. There's been times where they've been great, but they've been average. They really, really, really need to up their game and step up because they got one of the best defensive fronts in the whole league, and they must win that battle if they're going to have any chance of winning this game. Um, also on defense, you've got to take Rashad Steele away. You've got to have a plan for him, whether that's clouding him, you know, having a safety and a receiver, uh, a safety in a corner over the receiver. You know, there needs to be something, whether that's pressing him at the line of scrimmage hard. He's a big physical receiver. So maybe putting someone like Nico Royko on him just to, just to light his ass up on the line, just to disrupt some timing or routes or anything like that. But they need to have a plan for him. They must have a plan because he could easily take the game away from them. We've seen him make some ridiculous catches and he's only played a limited amount of games this year. My X factor for the Butchers, Jabari Harris. Again, as I said before, one of the most dynamic players in the league. Real strong arm, athletic. If he gets his zone reads right, gives the ball and keeps the ball at the right time, he will dominate. And that 
is the key for their victory because they need to, as I said before, they need to keep the ball out of the Roosters' hands on offense. And if he can get his own reads right, that will definitely help them in that aspect. I would say their weakest link, probably their secondary as a whole. Like they've got leaders back there, as I said, like Nico Royko, but their secondary is probably their one of their weaker kind of areas on the team. And they even need to get some kind of disguised coverage or something different just to keep the Roosters guessing. Because the Roosters don't really use uh, an advanced playbook. It's pretty basic, the stuff that they run, but they just run it very well and they're very efficient, you know. So finding ways to stop that mixing up coverages, maybe sending some corner blitzes or something crazy like that. You know, it's roll the dice, have a gamble. It's the playoffs now. Anything goes. And uh, yeah, that is all I've got for the Butchers. Yeah, I think uh, you said some really good stuff. And uh, I just, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about this matchup because, I mean, this is two versus three. This is the game where, you know, the upsets are more likely to happen. Um, the last time we saw these two teams play, uh, let's just call it like it is. The Butchers had their number. They had the Roosters' number. Uh, you you take away <laughs> – what was his name again, Q? What was his Instagram name? <laughs> oh, the Gypsy Wolf? <laughs> the Gypsy yeah. Wolf. <laughs> you, you take away the Gypsy Wolf three return touchdowns, and we're probably looking at, you know – Oh, no, we're probably still looking at Butchers number three, Roosters number two, but we're looking at them probably winning that game. I mean, the Roosters offense never really got a chance to get going, and then it didn't play very well in that last game. And this was a week after they throttled the Butchers. So the Butchers regrouped very fast. And, and actually, since that week, the Butchers have looked like a very good team despite injury situations. And now you're looking at another situation where they might not have their running back. But in this game, this is one of those games that could go either way. You don't really feel like, like what Q said earlier, there's not really that big brother, like, oh, we're going to beat you feeling to the Roosters in this one, like there normally is when they're playing a team like the Butchers. Both of these teams feel like they can win this game. It's pretty evenly matched. You feel like both teams have enough to, if they use their keys to win and their X factors correctly, they can win this game. So it's a very interesting matchup. Just wanted to ask you, I have any other thoughts about the actual matchup between the two teams? Yeah, I, I, I wanted to say something. Um, like you said, it's, it's, it's one of those, if you watch that game, you watch the previous game, you kind of like, man, like if they have another game like that, does, does he get, you know, three like with the chances of, of getting three returns in a game is already like slight. You know, it's slight. So yeah. Um. You know, I, I think I think the butchers can win this game. I, I won't say it's to the point where I feel like, oh man, you know, they're just not matched up. You know, but I, but butchers got some players. You know what I mean? They 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 do got some players. They got the new receiver. Um. So that'll be an addition. You know what I mean? Um, I know, like Chris said, uh, Barry got to hit those intermediate routes. You know those those routes that that'll help them keep drives going instead of going for the for the deep ball. Um, so I think it's a time and a place for that. But you got to keep these drives going, and you got to keep Miro off the field. Um, you got to keep their offense off the field. They got a lot more weapons than the Butchers do. So, and I'm pretty sure Miko is is you know is, he they probably been watching film. For the last two weeks, like, hey, 
this is what we got to do to stop this this portable offense. And I think if the running back doesn't play for the Butchers, you can almost count you can almost count it up right now that Jabari will he, he won't take a lot of time reading for the pass. Like if he doesn't have a running back, I, I, he's going to become one. So if, if he if he feels like the, 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 the throw ain't there, we're going back to the old Jabari that a lot of people criticized about him taking off so fast and all that stuff, but it works. It works. And in playoff time, you got to do what you got to do to win. So if he, if he takes two seconds to read and nobody's open and he takes off and gets 15 yards, Hey, at this point in the season, it don't really matter. Like as long as you don't get hurt, Hey, do play your game, bro. Like, cause if, if he pulls an upset like that, that'd be crazy. You know what I mean? And I just, I think, I think right now the butchers like really feel like, hey, we don't, we really don't have anything to lose. Like they counted us out from the beginning anyway. So just for them to even be there in the way that they got there, like they didn't yep. look like a bottom team. You know what I mean? From the beginning, they had some close ones. You know, they didn't look like a bottom team anyway. So I think they're in the respectable place they should be right now. Um, it's just, hey, this this is gonna be this will probably be the better of the two games, I think. In my opinion, this will probably be the better of the two games. For yep. sure. Yeah. I just think the last thing I'm saying about it is that you, this is similar to last year in, in the Maple League. This is your opportunity. Um, the Roosters are banged up for the first time ever. When's the last time you said Roosters and injuries? Like, you don't, those don't go. So, I mean, that's, if you believe in karma, I mean, this is this is a karma situation for the Butchers. You know, you got a team that's not, you know, as healthy as they want to be for this matchup. And the last time you played them, they weren't able to, you know, do things that they're accustomed to doing. So here's your chance. But I don't want to be too positive on the Butchers, guys. So let me throw this out there for the Roosters. The Roosters are still the damn Roosters. Don't get it twisted. Okay, they have a, a very detailed-oriented coaching staff. They have a lot of veteran players. This is the playoffs. Knowing how to play in the playoffs is a big thing here, and it can be a difference for them. And it could be the reason that they go out there and beat the Butchers as they thought that they would earlier in the season. So we'll see how this one uh, shakes out. Yeah, it can. I think this game will go two ways. I think it'll be – this is the last thing I'm going to say. Say, I think this game will go two ways. It'll either be a blowout for the Roosters, yeah. or it's gonna be a close. That, that like, I don't, one I, score I, game, one score game. Then yeah, it's gonna be a close one. Like so, Miro, like you said, the Roosters still the Roosters. Miro can come out of here and fucking throw four touchdowns in 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 the first quarter. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it gets like real quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? So depending on which team shows up for the Roosters is, is it depends. Like like I said, like I don't even know who's fully healthy right now and who's gonna play and who's not gonna play. But I do know one thing. The Roosters are feeling some kind of way for one about not winning last year. And they got something to prove. Like it's like the championships belong to them in their eyes. So if if, if you know, it's just one of those games where you're like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be full-fledged watching this because it means a lot to both sides. And a lot of times it doesn't happen. It doesn't match up like that. But I think the, both of these teams are hungry. Both of them are young. They got some young guys playing. So um, we'll see what that see, see the difference in that game. But the Roosters are still the Roosters. So um, if anything, it'll be an upset if the Butchers win still. So, uh, But, yeah, I'm just looking for a good game, man. 
pretty soon we'll be releasing our all-star picks. But before we do that, uh, we'll give you a taste of our mindsets uh, with some of the MVP candidates. So we're going to talk about a couple of guys that we think could be either offensive MVP or even player of the year candidates this year. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to keep it quick. You get 60 seconds, 60 seconds to explain why this player deserves to be this year's offensive or player of the year. Q, you'll go first. You and actually, no, sorry, Chris, you'll go first. Yeah, Chris, Chris, you'll go first and tell us who you got and why he should be the MVP. And go. Okay, I'm on the clock. Right. Leanthony Reasonover from the Coopio Steelers. Let me just read some numbers out for you. Eight games, 142 carries, 1,252 yards at 8.8 yards per carry, 15 rushing touchdowns. That says it all. Argument, case, numbers, <laughs> unbelievable. He's made an impact for that offense. Their passing game has been, I would say, above average this year. It's not been amazing. It's been above average. But he has pretty much carried that team on his back. Without him, you know, they've always had a history of good running backs. Like the past, the past few years, they've had good running backs. So they lean on their running backs. And he's come out. He's shown what he can do. He's a big back. And he's still got speed. He can still break away and break anything. He's also got good hands. They don't use him much out of the backfield, but he has got good hands as and well. That's your, and I believe he's got like... that's your 60 seconds. Oh, <laughs> man, that was so quick. That's your 60 seconds. That was good, though. That was good. I, I, it's hard to do he was it. going hard. Yeah, he was doing it. So that's 60 seconds on him. Next up, we got Q, who you got, and you're on the clock now. My MVP pick for 2021 is Jabari Harris for the simple, simple, simple reason of he can do everything. Jabari can throw the ball. He can pass the ball. He motivates these young guys to make plays, to give them confidence to make plays. He has faith in him. He believes in him. He goes out. He gives nothing but his all. And that right there, like, you, you can't buy that. You can't pay for import to have that. It's just in him. He makes these guys want to be better. He gives off confidence. He gives these guys the thought in their head, like, hey, we're going to go out here. We're going to make some plays. We're going to win. Jabari Harris, if he comes into a close game, close game, fourth and one on fourth and one, and he's on the sideline, he'll call timeout, and he'll also come on defense and play safety and make the play. That's the type of guy you want on your team, and that's why he is my MVP. 60 seconds exactly. That's perfect. <laughs> 60 seconds exactly. That's perfect. Okay. You have your own right. personal watch going on there or something. Yeah, I'm holding a watch here. I'm I'm literally holding a watch with the score. Hold on. Give me get a second before I get mine. I gotta get it on 30 seconds. And purpose go. Okay. Mine is easy. In Powell, we trust. Christian Powell is the best player for Sinelli Crocodiles. He's the only player you're worried about when you play the Crocodiles, and he still delivers every week for the Crocodiles. No matter what happens, if he plays great, they win. If he doesn't play great, they lose. Either way, he's coming to show up every week. You know he's getting the ball. He still finds a way to score. No matter what it is, he finds a way to get in the end zone and put his team in competitions that half the time they shouldn't be in. We've talked about it before. They don't have a quarterback. 
who cares? He can play quarterback too. He throws touchdowns, he runs touchdowns, he catches touchdowns. He does everything you want him to do, and you know he's going to do it, and he still does it. And that's why he's going to be the MVP this year because you know what you're going to get. He always gives it to you, and you can't stop him. In Paul, we trust. 60 seconds. That was good. <laughs> good. So with my MVP candidate, it's got to be Miro of the Roosters, the quarterback. I mean, a lot of people are going off of Rojo or going off of Jabari, but I believe, honestly, that Miro might be the MVP candidate. I mean, he's completed over 60% of his passes, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions, 240 yards a game. I mean, this guy right here is really leading this offense to their victories. I mean, Jabari does a whole lot of different things when it comes to his legs, and Rojo, you know, he's slinging the ball a lot. I mean, he's not... They don't have the run game that the Roosters do. So it really comes down to Miro. I mean, if you put anybody else in Miro's spot, like a second-string guy or somebody in the backup, I don't believe that Roosters team will have the same exact team that they had uh, this season. So I believe Miro, you know, coming out there and leading the team, he's the one who's making all those plays. I mean, all those playmakers on the outside, they have such a great opportunity to catch balls every single uh, ball that's thrown because Miro's back there just slinging it to him. And I believe Miro is really the MVP candidate based on the season that he's had. That's it for us today, guys. Uh, that's it for AFF. Guys, you got any last words before we get out of here? Um, I just want to say good luck to all the guys that's playing, you know, in the playoffs, man. This is, this is what you worked all, uh, all season for. If you watch and look around the, the league, a lot of stuff happens. Uh, just be grateful that you, you know, still have this opportunity to, to play this game through this pandemic. Um, so much stuff could happen. So much stuff did happen to some teams. And and these guys are, are the gladiators, man. These are the ones who made it out. So um, kudos to everybody that made the playoffs, to all the coaches, the players. Um, this is what all the fans like to watch. And uh, just go out there and give them a good show, man. Good luck. What about yeah, you? Kind of just piggybacking and echoing on that, you know, good luck to the players, you know. It's great. We didn't even know if we were going to have a season at the start of the year with what's going on in the world, you know. So think yourselves lucky that you've you've had this opportunity. And, you know, it's the, as I said earlier, it's the business end of the season now. Go and be that guy. Go and be that one that makes the difference. Go and maybe one of the guys that we've not talked about today. Go and make a name for yourself. Go and do something special in this business end of the season and turn some heads while you're doing it. I can't wait for these two games. They're going to be awesome. And good luck to everyone. Well done for all the staffs and everyone on all the teams. Um, it should be a great weekend. All right, I want to say something, too. I'm going to go a little different on you guys. That's what I love doing the podcast. We got to do this more often next year because I, I just love these conversations we're having over the mic. But um, I'm calling out all the haters, man. Look here. Y'all see we doing this pick them every week. Y'all going to stay out of my DMs when we wrong about one game. Okay? First of all. Nobody else is putting their picks online and saying, hey, this is who I'm picking before the game. Everybody after the game is like, oh, you were wrong. Or, when I'm right, nobody tells me I'm right. I'm, I'm taking y'all back. We're going back in history. Last season, before the 2020 season, I was the only person that picked the Steelers to win the championship. Nobody congratulated me when they won. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> but now this, this year – one game, this one game, we all picked. Uh, who do we all pick? Uh, we picked the Steelers over the Crusaders, and oh my gosh, our inboxes flooded 
because we got Play. one pick wrong. Now we on Maple League memes or whatever because we got one pick wrong. <laughs> we got over on blast, and, and they not <laughs> even in the playoffs. Yeah, two wins, like... two wins. Okay. So, yeah, so I'm Aaron Grievances for AFF out here. Okay, guys, look, I, I have no problem. I have no problem putting my picks out there and letting you know who I'm thinking is winning, who I think is going to lose. And we have no problem with, you know, people coming at us. But I'm just saying have it both ways. Keep that same energy when we're right, okay? Keep that same energy. You know, we like to get props too. And we're doing very well as a group. Uh, We're going to put out our stats this week, actually, before the playoffs. We're going to put out everybody's stats so y'all can see it. Just want to let y'all know that we don't consider ourselves experts but we are following this game. We talk and we discuss these players and games every day. We have an ongoing thread and we don't screenshot and put it on the internet either because we're not about that. We're actually trying to help to grow the sport. So that's my grievance. And, you know, I'm going to get it out there. And if you know who I am, hey, you can come say, if you got a problem, come say it to my face. Y'all know where I'm at. Pull up on me. Don't slide into them DMs. Yeah, but but y'all keep sliding my DMs when I'm wrong. I want you to slide in there when I'm right. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) I'm okay with being. Yeah, I just want to. We don't want to hear anything. If you're not in the playoffs, we don't want to hear how you feel about no picks, no nothing. Yeah, we we do have that bias, you know. If you if you're not winning, don't be coming at us. Like we can't help you there, guys. But uh, like you were on this game, like yeah, but you won two games all year, bro. Like chill out, like (laughs) chill out, bro. Like just enjoy your win and and go about your business, man. You know what I'm saying? When you start start calling people, nobody said like you said. Nobody said we were experts. Like we take time out of our days and lives to report on y'all. Y'all don't, they don't pay us to do this or anything. We do this because we love the game. We love feeling football. So it's not like we out here trying to, you know, just damage you guys' credibility and all that stuff. But we just giving our opinion on stuff we see. And believe me, you could do the same thing, too, if you wanted to. Yeah. You could also yeah. say, hey, I, I think they're going to win or they, they might not win. You know what I mean? But we're just trying to promote the game and, and do our part, man. So, you know, for all y'all haters out there, man, y'all keep hating. Keep keep yeah. sharing, and but and my thing is, if you go, if you're gonna be mad at us one week, the next week, and you do good, and we post you, don't don't gonna come back reposting like now you cool, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but first we was we was jerks the week before, we was assholes the week before because we didn't pick you, but now yeah. the next week you love us, like <laughs> come on, man, don't act brand new on us, man. I mean, like guys, hey. Uh, poor food butchers. If you don't know, I picked against you all this year. I'm still picking against you in the playoffs. And you, if you don't know why, you could ask Miko Sepinen and Jabari Harris because they know the reasons. And I'm just keeping it 100 with you. It's nothing personal. I still love you guys. I still love you. But, you know, I'm picking against you. And if you can give me that same energy, hey, we're all good. Uh, so I know we, I went on a tangent. Sorry. I do this. <laughs> that's why we got to do more shows. I go on tangents, guys. But that's <laughs> it for the show. Um, now let me get back uh, political. I hope everyone enjoyed the show and you'll support us by subscribing or following AFF on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Podbean. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel. Um, you know, we're on Instagram and Facebook now, so you can follow us anywhere you want to. Uh, we're working on a Snapchat and a TikTok, but that's coming when we get a little bit you know, younger. Right now, we're too old for that. So whichever platform you listen to uh, to the show, you know, follow us, like, share. Uh, don't listen to Q about not sharing. We don't care. Keep sharing. 
We need all <laughs> that love. <laughs> Talking about don't share. We need all that, okay? But um, negative love is still love. <laughs> we'll take all the love we can get. But that's it for us, guys. We appreciate everybody who's been involved in the process. We're looking for a good playoff system going forward. And we really hope that everybody can be involved somehow in the football that's going to be played this weekend and in the championship because we're all in this together. And never forget P-I-F. American Football in Finland.